0: at loveisrael.org that's one word loveisrael.org now here's baruch with today's lesson
1: our subject for this study is the second coming of messiah and it's very important that we understand what the scripture says concerning this event and if you are a believer and for everyone who comes to faith prior to and this is also going to be important for our study and i'm speaking about the rapture what paul calls the blessed hope the rapture and the second coming they are not the same event they are two different events that take place at different times and for different groups of individuals now before we get started let me share with you one very important verse and that is first thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 13 because there it speaks about the second coming when the heavens open up and messiah comes and the scripture says we the saints we will be with him what does that mean It means those who have taken part in the rapture, they have been with Messiah, with God our Heavenly Father in heaven during the time that God has poured out his wrath on this world. We have not experienced any of the wrath of God, but we have been in the kingdom of heaven. And now at the end of Daniel's 70th week, those last seven years, we see that Messiah is returning and he's going to do two things. First of all, he is going to pour out judgment upon the enemies of Israel, those who are against the purposes of God. So he's going to, and here's the first thing he is going to pour out judgment, he will bring a conclusion to the wrath of God secondly he will deliver Israel one-third of the Jewish people now we need to remember and we've spoken about this before that we find that there's a time of great persecution Jeremiah spoke of this time as a time of Jacob's trouble and we know that during this difficult time Daniel says in chapter 12 and verse verse 1. It will be the most difficult time ever for the jewish people and during that time two-thirds of the jewish population in the world will be put to death and the vast majority of them if they have not come to faith they will be without hope for eternity but god who is faithful he is going to bring and the scripture is emphatic about this He will bring one-third through this time, and when they see the heavens opening up, when they see the one who has been pierced having these wounds in his palms, in his side, in his ankle, when they see that, they will recognize who he is, that he is Yeshua, Jesus Christ. And they will receive him much similar to thomas when thomas saw those same imprints he touched them and what did he say behold my lord and my god and they will come to faith now we see remember those two things messiah is coming back the second time not the rapture this is after the rapture and as i said first thessalonians chapter 3 verse 13 says we, the saints, will be with him. And Messiah is coming to defeat the enemies of Israel, to complete his judgment, his wrath upon this world, delivering the Jewish people. And here's the third thing that he will do he will establish his kingdom, that millennial kingdom for 1,000 years. And we see in the book of Revelation, chapter 20. It mentions this two times, that we will rule and reign with Messiah. Who's we? The saints. Those who've accepted the gospel prior to the rapture. We will be with Messiah for eternity. We will be during that millennial kingdom ruling and reigning with him. We'll talk more about that when we get into chapter five in a few weeks. But our focus in this study is that second coming take out your bible and look with me to the book of matthew and matthew chapter 24. now we saw that after the abomination of desolation there was an important shift in whom messiah was speaking about beginning in verse 16 The abomination of desolation is spoken of by Messiah Yeshua in verse 15. In verse 14, he speaks about that end. What end is he referring to? We've learned this. The end that he's speaking about three times in this 24th chapter is the end of the church age. And what brings that end about? We should know it's the rapture, that blessed hope that we have that we will not experience God's wrath as Paul says in first Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 9 we the believers those who have received the sufficiency of Messiah's work upon that tree those who have believed in the Redemption the eternal Redemption through the blood of Messiah we will not be here for the wrath of god but rather it says we have been appointed for salvation and that word salvation is a word of victory so beginning in verse 16 there's a change in the text we saw this last week in our study where the focus is the land of judah speaking about israel of today and how there's going to be a time of great persecution as I mentioned a few minutes ago the worst time of persecution ever for the Jewish people but in the end the greatest number possible of the Jewish people will come to faith will put their trust will confess their sins and receive the work of Messiah so that they will be part of that Millennial Kingdom they will receive God's Covenantal promises to them so this begins in verse 16. we see that phrase great tribulation in verse 21 and we see it this time there is going to be as I mentioned a horrible persecution and the last verse we saw last week was this had God this God who is loving who is merciful who is compassionate it says if God were not to shorten these days and he will no flesh would survive but he's going to supernaturally shorten these days and in doing so in the midst of this the Jewish people they are going to be wanting thinking about that promise that promise of Messiah their Redeemer their deliverer And it's with that in mind that we begin this study. So look with me to verse 23, Matthew 24 and verse 23, where it says, then, if if they say to you, behold, here, the Messiah, or here, meaning another place, he commands us, do not believe. Now, why is that? the reason for this is the second coming of Messiah is going to be and we'll see this in a moment a very dramatic event it is not going to be limited to one location it's not going to be dependent upon you being in some particular place if you are part of the nation of Israel and a non-believer it is not a location it is not some place but rather we are going to see that the second coming when he comes to complete the judgment of God upon this world when he comes to deliver Israel when he comes to establish that Millennial Kingdom it will be a very dramatic event what we can talk about in Hebrew Eruah Bolet a very dramatic event and we're going to see exactly what that is so it says at that time when the Jewish people will be thinking about Messiah because of their suffering their hardship it says if someone should say to you behold here the Messiah he says or there it's the same word here but in the idiom it's here or there do not believe for look at verse 24 now the enemy uses everything for his purpose and when the Jewish people will be thinking about Messiah the enemy is going to begin as he always does to speak lies and falsehood and deception and that's why look at verse 24 it says for there will arise someone's causing that what's causing this arising up of what he says false messiahs and false prophets it's the enemy he is going to use this time of desperation this time of fear that will be placed upon the jewish people because of this most intense time of persecution he is going to try to do what he always does and that is to lead people into deception lead them astray so precisely at this time it says for there will rise up false messiahs and false prophets and what will they do it says and they will give great signs and wonders so to deceive that's their purpose now we need to pause for a moment and get something right You'll recall that verse 5 is an important verse. Here, Messiah is speaking primarily to disciples. And he warns because this whole time of Daniel's 70th week is a time of falsehood, deception, lies. Why? Because during these last final seven years, during Daniel's 70th week, it's going to be the Antichrist, his empire that's ruling and his empire is an empire of blasphemy and deception and falsehood and remember what it says many will come in my name who's speaking Yeshua so they are going to come in his name and say that that he referring to Yeshua is the Messiah and you say well that's good he is the Messiah. But here's the problem they're going to say oh we're a believer they're not they're going to say he's the messiah that's good but that false confession of their faith in him but saying that they believe in him then they're going to give falsehood they're going to give heresy they're going to be an instrument of deceit and they will lead many astray they're going to be deceivers but in verse 5 they are saying that yeshua jesus is the messiah but when we come to our verse here verse 24 here it says that there's going to be many individuals that they proclaim about themselves that they are the messiah that they are christ but they are false that's why it says then there shall arise many false christs and false prophets and they will do exactly what we read in revelation chapter 13 during this time of the antichrist rule during the time that he's going to want people to take that mark of the beast which is a statement of absolute loyalty to that that antichrist and his empire you know there's been many confusion many ridiculous and totally incorrect statements concerning the mark of the beast in regard to the corona vaccination and such learn something the mark of the beast is a statement when you receive God forbid we wouldn't of course as believers receive it but those who will they're going to have to make a statement of absolute allegiance total loyalty to the Antichrist and his Empire that's how one takes the Mark of the Beast not by confusion not out of just well I want to be able to do this so I'll I'll take this vaccine I'll take this we need to be very mature here stop being led astray the Mark of the Beast is a mark and remember what the Antichrist is about is counterfeit. Now, if you do a good job of studying, for example, Deuteronomy chapter 6 or Deuteronomy chapter 11 or Exodus 13, and there in that 13th chapter it's spoken about twice, there is what's called tefillin in in Hebrew phylacteries from the Greek word that speaks of these boxes little boxes that contain scripture that one binds upon their forearm or binds upon their forehead this is the same place that the mark of the Beast will go here's what we need to see people are going to be challenged who are you going to follow what are you going to submit to Are you going to do the work arm, is synonymous biblically with deed, power, effort, action, and the forehead with thought? Are you going to think according to the word of God and behave according to the word of God? Or is your allegiance loyalty going to be towards the Antichrist? That's the challenge. So again, it's not something that someone does by accident i didn't know what i was doing it is going to be very clearful that the mark of the beast is paying one's allegiance being absolutely loyal to this empire of blasphemy obviously a follower of messiah would not make such a statement but this time is a time of great deceit remember what it says and these false christs and false prophets they are going to they will do many great signs and wonders for what purpose in order to deceive if possible even the elect verse 25 then messiah says behold remember that word it's a word of grabbing one's attention is to say this is significant what's going to follow and he says behold i have told you before now that phrase to tell someone previously very interesting in the greek grammar it is in the perfect tense meaning this this is something that's not new he said it previously he's saying it now and the truthfulness of that is going to extend on into the future so a very this use of the perfect tense emphasizes it makes emphatic what he's saying look again at verse 25 behold I have told you before verse 26 therefore if they should say to you behold in the desert he is do not go out or behold in the inter chambers he says do not believe why because he's going to tell us something about the second coming and again the second coming is not for the church did you hear that the second coming is not for the church the second coming is for israel to deliver them to defeat the enemies of god which will also be the enemies of israel and to set up the millennial kingdom and in the millennial kingdom we're going to be as I said check out Revelation chapter 20 verse 4 and verse 6. We are going to be ruling and reigning with Messiah. It's not so much for us. We're going to be the body of Christ are going to be in a supervisory role. We're going to be overseeing. We're going to have authority. We'll talk more about that when we get into Matthew chapter 5 and Messiah's teaching but look at what he says here he says verse verse 27 for just as lightning goes forth from and your Bible probably says the East and it's the word for rising the sun rises in the East and it sets in the West literally the language is rising and setting but we would translate it for simplicity he says for just as the lightning goes forth from the east and shines unto the west thus will be the coming of the son of man so what he's saying and I mentioned this a few minutes ago what he's saying is the second coming is going to be a very dramatic event just like lightning doesn't matter where you are whether you're uh, uh, in one location or a half mile or a kilometer away when lightning goes it lights up the sky you see it in one place and across the horizon to the other side it is most visible most dramatic and this is what he's saying don't think it's. His second coming, you have to be in the wilderness. You have to be in some location inside some building, some chamber. No, it's going to be most spectacular. He says, For just as lightning goes forth from the east and shines unto the west, thus will be also the coming of the Son of Man. Look at verse 28 now in verse 28 we have a very unusual scripture it says here let me just read it literally translated it says for where there should be the carcass there will be gathered the the vultures and this is the word for like an eagle it's in the plural and what's he saying well remember something if you go back to for example the story of David and Goliath and by the way that account of David and Goliath this victory it comes to us within the context of Redemption God moving through David in this day in the end times the last days God is going to move through the son of David to bring victory but just like David had victory this one individual and it brought about victory for all of his people but here's the connection remember it speaks about how david says to goliath your carcass will be in the field and the birds of the air they'll come and feed upon you so this was what should come into our mind it is natural if there's a dead body The vultures come and in that same way god because he's a covenant keeping god in just the same way that it's it's just natural it just happens it's for sure there's a dead carcass vultures come there is a covenant making god a holy righteous god he is going to fulfill his covenant promises to his people so we have victory we have the shame of the enemies of God, the enemies of Israel, they are going to die and be laid out upon the the fields of Israel, just like what we see other places where it speaks. You can see this in the Book of Revelation, where on a very unique location, Armageddon, and Armageddon is the valley. It has another name, by the way. It's also known as the valley of Yehoshaphat, what is that term Yehoshaphat. well it's a two-word name and it speaks about god the lord he judging and that's what god's going to do he's going to see that vast army that comes from all over the world every nation is going to come against israel and that final battle the Battle of Armageddon, which is also the Battle of Gog and Magog, that war. And the, the my, main battlefield, that primary place of this conflict, is going to be near what we call today Megiddo. It is also known as the Mountain of Megiddo or Har. Har is mountain. Har Megiddo or Armageddon and this is the mountain of destruction and it's for the purpose of taking control of that mountain why if you contain if you control that mountain you have free passage to jerusalem along the coastal highway well this is a place of many battles and the battle is going to be in the field next to it which is the valley of jezreel now what is that term Yisrael it means God will plant he is going to in the last days bring his people back plant them back upon the valleys and Hills in the Galilee in Samaria in Judea in the Shefila, along the coast in the negative Negev, and God is doing just that in our days scripture is being fulfilled one can see god's faithfulness to his prophetic revelation it is taking place and what he promises here is that he is going to when he returns the second time i'm speaking about messiah yeshua jesus christ that he is going to set up his kingdom delivering his old covenant people bringing them to faith in that same gospel there's only one name in which we are saved the name yeshua mashiach jesus christ only through his gospel message and what we're going to do in our next study we're going to be talking about two biblical signs one is the sign of the rapture and the other one although it's similar there's one very important difference and this is the sign for the second coming two different signs why because the rapture and the second coming are two different events so if you don't know what these two different signs are and we'll read about them in the scripture then you'll want to join next time because it's an important study concerning the faithfulness of god until that time may god richly bless you shalom from israel